the antidote visits with one of my all-time favorites the huntingtons and we're joined by josh and chris i got it right that time didn't oh, i yeah <laughs> you got it i am josh i'm chris i think the huntingtons chose probably the strangest career path ever i mean you know the bank began as a ramones cover band and that really never ended so i guess as a band has there ever been any consideration for doing something different from what you do well it wasn't a Ramones cover band. What they were, I mean, that's just what people thought because they sounded so much like them and they would walk out on stage to, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They were doing the Ramones thing very well and, of course, put out Ramones cover albums, but they're always their own band. I say they because I was a fan before I joined and, and I would go see them because the Ramones had already broken up and this was the next best thing, that kind of thing. But no, I mean... Chris and I have played in other bands, and um, I, I was in metal bands when I was in high school and stuff, but the most fun is this style of punk rock. Even like the new school punk rock or whatever, like I don't think I would have fun playing it like I would, like I do with this. It's just the Ramon style, the three chord punk rock, that's just, it's the most fun for us, so I think that's why we just would keep doing that. Yeah. It's the easiest too. <laughs> it's the easiest. <laughs> but I, I just remember, I think Mike was telling me, or somebody was telling me, like, back when they first really started diving, like, hard into that, the style, like, the matching blue jeans and the matching shoes and the matching jackets and all that. It's like, if you're going to do it, do it 100% and, like, just go as hard as you can with it. They perfected it. You know, there's a million bands that want to sound like the Ramones, but, you know, Mike and Cliff kind of, you know, brought this band to... You know, a lot of people say sound even better than the Ramones, and I would never say that because they're my favorite band of all time. But you know, it's that, that you know they perfected it and they ran with it, and they just there's no other band that does it better than than the Huntingtons, to be honest. Okay, well, I brought up the point about the sound of the band, but I guess some of the members of Huntingtons had a separate side project for a while. They did Mainline Riders. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Cliff and I actually did Mainline Riders. At first, together, we, we started, it was mostly his, his thing, it's mostly his project, but um, I got involved and we got some other guys, and, um, and that was like a fun ACDC style band. More open chords and, you know, wicked slash style guitar solos and stuff, but um, still punk rock, it was just more, way more rock and roll, I guess, and, um, and that was fun. Mike, Mike did one other band, called Radio Years and he put out an EP I don't know back in like early 2000s but they never toured they never just they I think they played Cornerstone one year uh, and that was more of like a alternative rock emo-y kind of Weezer-ish yeah um, he was he's into he's into that stuff you know he's into he loves Weezer I hate Weezer but Mike's a, Mike's a fan yeah I often ask bands about how well they're accepted. What about the Huntingtons? What was the balance between negative and positive comments to your music? Over the years, you know, we're, we were not Christian enough for the Christian scene, and we were too Christian for the non-Christian scene, so that kind of kept everything just in the middle sort of like all those years like we never got huge in either world really i mean people know who we are but on the positive side of that we were looped into this ramones family 
now Chris and I play with CJ Ramon and I got to play with Joey and I was good friends with Arturo Vega and um, you know a lot of the people that were in the Ramones family and the people that toured with them are our friends now so that's like the best positive we can take from it I would say is that we got to know all, all those you know a lot of those people that were involved with the Ramones or that were Ramones and um, now I think you know the best gig on the planet is going out on tour playing Ramon songs because it's our favorite songs to play anyway and uh, it's 2016 everybody's dead except for a few people and I think CJ's doing it the best out of out of the guys that are still living trying to do it so it's fun to go it's I love that part of it you know we can thank the Huntington's for that opportunity really because he would probably not know who we were otherwise you know or give us the chance but but it's also nice to be able to come out here to Audio Feed. 11 years since we last played a Cornerstone Festival. And so that you can reconnect with your obsessed yeah. fan base. And, and and really like running into, I already saw like five people that haven't seen in forever just today. I saw a bunch of people last night in Ohio that I haven't seen in like 15 years. Um, for me, that's really cool. Chris wasn't with us on those other tours, so he's meeting everyone for the first time, I guess. But a lot of it's just like people feel like they're just transformed back to 15 years ago when they see us now, and they're like, "Man, I feel like I was like I'm in high school again or something." And yeah, it's like every message we get on Facebook is like, "We're gonna party like it's 2000 again," or it's like 1999 again. Like, it's cool, but it, I mean, it's cool for me because I never experienced this with these guys and. You know, I was off kind of doing my own thing and, you know, during that time and, you know, so it's cool coming out and meeting all these old guys that, you know, I've heard, you know, countless stories about and and playing shows like this is just really cool and everybody's super, super friendly and it's cool. It's a really enthusiastic crowd out there, so it's going to be fun. Take us back to the early days of Huntington's, getting connected to Tooth and Nail. How did that come about? Well, actually, neither of us were in the band then. I, that happened a year or two before I joined the band. But at the time, the late 90s, Tooth & Nail was like where you'd want to be if you were in a punk or hardcore band that had anything to do with positive lyrics or just fun lyrics, but nothing dirty. You know, Christian messages, for sure, like in a lot of the early Tooth & Nail stuff. But um, also, I think just like stuff that you don't have to worry about your kids listening to, really. And that got that label to kind of just be real successful because parents were buying their kids these CDs and you could get them in regular music stores, you can get them in Christian bookstores and um, and it was just, that was the label to be on. And so they, they went from like a small label, Flying Tard Records, that went under and they wanted to be on Tooth & Nail and I, I think they just, you know, from playing so much and opening for bands that were coming through the area that were on Tooth & Nail. Like MXPX and Blenderhead came through town and, and they got to open up. And that was really how it happened, just from talking to people and just they wanted to be on that label. They were like, please sign us. And um, I can't really answer that question any better than Mike and Cliff probably could because they were the ones that took care of that. But Well, I know this is back preceding your time yeah, yeah. in the band, Josh, but here, follow-up question. Huntington's released five albums in a single year. That must have been insane for the guys. Yeah, it was. Was it five albums? I know it was like. We'll I don't get know. lost to plastic surgery. Yeah. We're recorded together. Yeah. 
So that was... They recorded the same time, those two albums, and they just put them out separately, um, but not very long after the other one. And then there was also a, another handful of songs that they did that were cut from other albums that they basically put together and put on a split CD with Darlington. So then I'm trying to think of what five albums. I know there's those three albums. The live album was, was that in the same time period though? Wow, yeah, so that came out. And that, that was actually, you know, not to give away any secrets, but that was recorded in a studio, but it was recorded live. So most bands, do. so that's what, that's I what know all bands. It's still, oh yeah, they call it live. Yeah, yeah. We There's didn't say the... live concert. We just said live. Yeah. It's funny because you, if you read really the liner notes, it's like, da- it's like recorded live downstairs at Nick's yeah. in Newark, Delaware. And I'm like, oh, where's that? And so like, I always thought about. It. I'm like, we should book a show there. And then come to find out, I'm like, oh, it's downstairs at Nick Rotondo's house in the basement where they were recording the songs. There you go. So it's it ruined it for me. Uh, it didn't ruin it for me. It's still so good. All the other albums, it was just rather than just you know doing the drums first and then doing guitar. You know they just they actually did play it live, but in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to this whole Ramones connection. I mean, it, this was really tight because you know really there was an album recorded of covers called Rocket to Ramona, another album called File Under Ramones meaning to file the album at the record store under that label. And of course, it had the song, I Want to Be a Ramon. Did everybody at that point, again, preceding your era, Josh, did they all really feel that tight a connection to their music? Yeah, it was always the, like gonna be Ramones style. The, since the Ramones were broken up, they were like, we want to be the Ramones now, you know, the new whatever, not, not a cover band, but just basically go out and do what they did musically and just do it the right way. And so it was, you know, all downstrokes and um, just playing things the way the Ramones did. And everyone loved the Ramones. It was in that whole, you know, that was in the band at the time or early on. And then, and I love the Ramones. That's why I would go see the Huntington's because uh, you can't, once they broke up in 96, you can't see them anymore, you know. And Joey Ramone actually appeared on one of the songs at one point. Joey, well, he's on the, yeah, he's on the, the recording we because we played with him and he said at the show like on stage he was like hey let's hear it for the Huntington's and we just kind of took a, we had that show recorded so we just took a clip from that and they put it on the um, uh, pencil neck song but we did have plans for Joey to sing on one of the songs that came out on um, the songs in the KVU album but unfortunately he passed away before we recorded that album so we had talked to him, we, we said we're going to write a song and send it to you and see if, if you like it, you'll sing on it. And the song we planned on doing with him, we never even got to share it with him because he got sick and yeah, it's crazy. So Huntington's did covers of Ramon stuff, but you guys also covered a few other bands. You know, we got the beat from the Go-Go's. Wimpy drives through Harlem from the Queers. Has, I mean, there ever been a song the band has wanted to cover but has never done? Like it was just discussed not too long ago that we were we were like we should do because by the Dave Clark Five and kind of do something that's like really kind of just off the cuff and just like would totally throw people a curveball. I don't know. Jo- I mean, again, Josh could probably answer it better than I could. But like current plans, we've all been throwing ideas around. Like just the other day, I forget what song we were listening to, but Cliff's like, I would love to do that song. Like we should do that song. 
and so everybody kind of like spitballs at ideas yeah. but the like, idea of doing okay we'll tell you what yeah. do the Dave Park yeah. I'm on your pre-order for that okay <laughs> yeah we, we uh, Mike got really into Dave Clark 5 uh, over the past year or so and just listening to them more and I I can't say I'm a big vinyl collector because I know people have huge collections I have like a shelf but I love looking for cool old vinyls and stuff and usually that's what I buy is the older stuff and but anyway Dave Clark 5 they have some really good vinyls I have a few of them um, they have a lot of good songs and I'm not a Beatles fan but I like the Dave Clark 5 and they sound very much like the Beatles so I don't know what people ever want to beat on you for saying that you don't <laughs> actually like the yes. Beatles uh, people love to just destroy me on that but I just I, I just was never a fan because you grow up listen well I grew up listening to what my dad listened to and he had a couple Beatles records but he never played them our house was the Beach Boys not the Beatles <laughs> well I think we got into a discussion yesterday or the day before and Cliff's like he doesn't know what the big deal is with the Beatles and I kind of like I mean I don't even know I don't own a Beatles record I have a few on my iPod and that's about it but it's funny how that band is like kind of people take a step back and they're like, whoa, like the Beatles aren't a big deal to you. Like, especially if you're a musician, it's just like expected. But I don't think any of us are really like big Beatles fans. I had to ask about that because I fall into that same category. It's like Beatles. Yeah. You know, do you have some? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Not I had a, big a few records that were my dad's and I had other ones I just was, I don't know, somehow acquired. But then my... One of my best friends, Wes, is a mega Beatles fan, and he was looking through my records. He's like, oh, you have Sgt. Peppers? Are you kidding me? I'm like, no, you have it. You can have it, man. That thing's not touching my needle. Take it. <laughs> and uh, so I gave it to him. I gave him all my Beatles records, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay, so everybody knows now that Huntington's are definitely not going to be doing a Beatles cover. We're not going to do a Beatles song. But um, Dave Clark 5 is a boss, good possibility, yeah. We were approached about doing a cover song for um, our friends in Teenage Bottle Rocket. I think it was the only time that we really got considering doing like a cover, you know, a cover or anything. Newer bands, cover. Yeah, of newer bands. And we were going to do um, a Teenage Bottle Rocket song when um, they were doing a lot of tributes to, to Brandon Carlisle. We were going to do it. And then I guess talks kind of fizzled out once they got a new drummer and once they just kind of kept rolling on. I, it was like all the talk for all these like benefit compilations just kind of like died down because you know they're doing things again and they're on warp tour so that was like the only other time that we really discussed doing a cover you've given all the secrecy away <laughs> man that's yeah. it you're out of the band i know yeah, I hear you're songs done that I, there's some songs that i love so much and i want to cover them or I'm, and i'm like on the verge of just like sending messages to the to the guys and be like guys this song we have to do it but i know that there's no way that it would sound good as a huntington song or you know in that style there's just there's some songs that are just really older songs that um the, yeah, you want something that you can give huntington's flavor yeah. to and so you got to keep that in mind when you start thinking about covers like will it make sense as a huntington song yeah, but then you look back at like all the songs that the Ramones covered. You listen to the original and you're like, who thought? Like, who had that mindset? And I think it was CJ used to say Tommy had that kind of like that vision where it was like you could take the Ronettes, Baby I Love You, and turn it into a Ramones love ballad. Like, who would think of that? Like, so there's ways of doing it. It's just you have to get everybody on the same page. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, 
Cliff's pretty set in his ways, and if he doesn't think that it's going to happen or sound good, it's you know you might as well just trash the idea. So. But Cliff will do anything that Mike says right. to do as well. Yeah, Cliff, you know, bottom line is Cliff is a follower. <laughs> just kidding. No, no, I'm no. kidding. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. I am totally joking. Okay, so I've done all this talking about how much Huntington sound like Ramones, but you guys were an independent band making some killer music. But what made you guys stand out so much? You guys have a huge reputation. I think it's just, you know, it's been a, a band for so long, over 20 years. Um, so there's this nostalgic thing that people latch onto and the songs are catchy enough that you remember them. And we toured a lot in the 90s and early 2000s. It was, for me anyway, for a few years there, that was the only, I didn't have a job, I just, we toured and toured and toured and I'd be home for a week and then go back out and that was what we did and so we saw so much of the country so often and just made a lot of friends that way and I think that's really what it is if you put in the work then and you do it long enough and people still like you even though you're just really going out and playing to 100 to 200 people tops like every night but, yeah. uh, but I also think in the same breath it's like the Huntingtons are one of those bands that outlived all the trends. All the bands that 10 years ago that were playing at Cornerstone or 15 years ago or whatever that are, were punk bands back then are now, you know, indie hipster acoustic acts or whatever. Or not even, or not even you know, doing it. Or just like hung it up. You know, like the Huntingtons were always there. Even though there was a long break in between, you come back and almost like, I, w I don't want to say reinvented because there's really nothing reinvented out of it. The band never swayed from what they did day one. So there's that level of respect from, you know, bands that have come and gone. And honestly, the fact that, you know, the band's been endorsed by guys like Ben Weasel and Joe Queer and Joey Ramone and CJ Ramone and, you know, that whole group kind of adds that element of, like, respect that, you know, not a lot of bands get. So there's that too. But, yeah, I definitely think it's the bands outlived the trends. We still dress like it's the band started. You know, it's like nothing's really changed. So I got to close with a key question. There's been a long, long time running internet rumor about the Huntingtons that says that the Ramones thought Huntingtons did the Ramones sound better than they did themselves. So this is it. Time for the truth. <laughs> the Ramones thought that. Loaded is saying that. <laughs> this is this is internet rumor. <laughs> if it's the internet, that's got to be true. Yeah. So anything you read on the internet's true. So yeah, we're better than the Ramones ever were. No, I'm Stop. just kidding. I'm joking. No. Um. Well, the the quote that we heard, um, like Mike and I were standing there, and we heard Hilly Crystal at CBGB's after. After we did a sound check with Joey Ramone, before we did that show, we were just kind of hanging around and he wasn't talking to us, but he was just, he said to one, somebody else that worked there, he's like, those guys that just did that with Joey, they, they sounded better than the Ramones did. And we are like, did you hear what Hilly just said? And Mike and I were just kind of like looking at each other like, yeah, wow, can't believe he said that. That's like offensive. Why would you say that? But it was cool. and. But Hilly was the guy that, you know, he had the Ramones on stage first at CBGB. So there's truth to that, to him saying that. I don't know about the Ramones saying anything like that. But, you know. There will never, ever be a band that's better than the Ramones. The Ramones are the greatest band of all time. We could never perfect their sound because they perfected it. No other band will ever perfect their sound. 
we can only hope to pay tribute to it. Really. You're such a Th- robot. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's like the way we feel. And that's the way I feel at least. I don't think there's another band on the planet that's that's that plays that style of music better than I think the Ramones are the best band of all time. But, Man, you are obsessed, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not obsessed. I just think that's it. I think I'm you know you're stuck on an island, you get one band, you can only have their whole collection forever. It would, would go would be the Ramones. Yeah, I would pick would the Beach, Beach Boys. Boys. Yeah, because yeah. there's way more. Yeah, there's so many deserted Beach, islands. There's so many Beach well, what Boys. What if you're islands. what if you're deserted? What if what if you're locked in a Queens apartment and you can't leave for the rest of your life? You're in Queens, New York. What's the difference? An island or an island? You know, you're listening to Beach Boys. Yeah. It's like more appropriate to listen to the Beach Boys on a deserted island than it would be the Ramones. It but is. they had some surf songs. I would say Beach Boys. All right, fine, Beach Boys. <laughs> Definitely not the Beatles, though. Well, why don't we just spend a whole night? Yeah, we'll, we'll abuse you and we'll play Beatles and then we'll, we'll lighten up by playing some Beach Boys. No, I, I don't know. I just think that there there will never be a better punk band, punk rock band than the Ramones, in my opinion. So, Okay, now that you've sold everybody in the Ramones, try to sell us some music from Huntington's. Where do people find it? iTunes, Spotify. Yeah, everything's tell, on. Tell Josh about Spotify. <laughs> Or Josh, tell them about Spotify, rather. I'm a big fan. I mean, Spotify, like, yeah, go on there, and it's everything's on there, but not, you know, that doesn't... Did you get .0004 we, we get, we get nothing, percent? yeah. I think Cliff put a lot of stuff on there, like, out of his own pocket, and he said that he gets almost enough in return to, like, cover the cost of having it up there. So it's So it's worth it for him because he wants it up there and so you know i'm i'm all about like you know if you can find a free version download it i don't care like music i think just i think it's stupid when bands don't want their stuff on on spotify or on you know on those sites but you could also come to a show kids listen when a band comes through you go see them chances are they're gonna have stuff for sale go out get off your butts and go see a band play and buy their albums directly from them that's the best way yeah we actually have vinyls too we have one vinyl we have one vinyl of our first album we have sweet 16 <laughs> which neither of us were on so <laughs> we can't tell you about the recording process of sweet 16 or we would but it's a good album and you should get it and you're gonna let that vinyl touch your record player i would play that one yeah i'm a fan of that record i think if we you know whenever the next thing gets recorded i just want it to come out on vinyl and digital like you can download it you can stream it however you want to do that but i think it should also be available on everybody's putting on cassettes out and, now though yeah cassettes are coming back which i think is really weird because i haven't seen a cassette player in forever yeah and there's a reason that nobody uses cassettes anymore but for some reason that's making a comeback i i don't know why don't you put it out on mini disc and also on eight track yeah yeah we're gonna put out a yep yeah, it'll be on eight track um what other uh, out-of-date, archaic... Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's weird when bands do that. I, I don't know why, but maybe it's super cheap and it's a collector's thing. We I do know. have our friend Keithy is working on a video. I sent him all my videos that I had from tour, um, just my personal video camera that I would bring around, and then Mike sent him everything he had, He and he got stuff from other people he asked around online and people sent him stuff he's got like 
thousand hours worth of footage that he's putting into some kind of video format and that'll probably be a blu-ray because of how many, how much he's going to put on there but also um i just i was like as long as it can be like on youtube as well like i know like nobody makes money on that but like just put it, otherwise no one's going to see it no one's going to buy a dvd or a, even a blu-ray so it's time to go and let mikey and cliffy out of the cage and get ready for the show yeah yeah, they're, they're probably just, I don't even know what they're doing right now, but there's really no getting them out of the cage. It's just like dragging them up on stage. It's just like, all right, guys, let's go. Like, Cliff's ready to go to sleep at, like, 8 o'clock at night. So the fact that we're playing, like, earlier than midnight tonight, he's thrilled about because he's really old, you know? <laughs> Thanks go to Huntington's for coming, talking with the antidote. Guys, have an awesome show tonight. Thank you very much for having us, man. Appreciate Thanks, it. Dave. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Ha, ha, ha.